And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Luke Smith, good afternoon. Good afternoon on quite possibly the coldest day of the year. Oh, no, it's actually not that cold because the cloud cover is uh, keeping some of the heat in. Okay, so, so you obviously I, haven't been outside today. I, I did go out before, but I'll tell you, it's actually nine degrees at the moment. Well, it feels that's like not minus the, nine. That's not the coldest it's been. Yeah. Uh, and even this morning when I get, when I got up, it was seven degrees outdoors. Yeah, well. That 12 degrees there, yeah. in my living room. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, we've had colder mornings than that. That it's was just a, that is, With the wet weather, that makes it more miserable, oh, I that think. That wind out there is just icy. The wind is nasty, I Oof. will grant you that. Yes, the wind is very ordinary. Absolutely. Well, we're here to talk about money, a much yes. more cheerful topic than what today's weather well, is like. Well, exactly. Indeed. Anything's better than that. Today we're talking about capital gains tax and, of course, uh, that important date, which is looming large now, 30th of June. Yes. That's... Um, that's only about three weeks away. And I can't wait for it to come because if I say the word make a deduction one more time, <laughs> I'm going to lose my voice. So if you're listening and you haven't made your deduction, ring your super fund, get your contribution information, take control of what's happening, get your money in nice and early because if you're early, you're never late and there's going to be tears if you try and leave it too close to 30 mm. June because remember your fund may shut to contributions prior to the end of the financial year. So don't assume the doors open to 30 June. Get them in as fast as you can, as soon as you can. Check your thresholds and action that now, now, now. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't put off until tomorrow that which you should have done yesterday. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, I, I know. I uh, often joked, don't put off until tomorrow that which you can leave until the next day because, you know, I like to procrastinate. For sure. But uh, when it comes to tax deadlines, you cannot yes. afford to do that. No, well, and this is one of these things where you just can't afford to get it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so understand what you're, you know, what you're uh, working with and, and, and get in front of it. And when I say about three weeks, I mean less than three weeks. Yeah, correct. It's, As I say, most some funds, some personal super funds will shut 25th, 26th yeah. Ooh, to, to okay. deductible. Con, you know, so just check with your fund because not everybody's the same. Mm. And um, this year, the 30th of June is on a Wednesday, which is helpful because it's right in the middle of the week. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, a lot better than the weekend we've it, had in a few years prior. Yeah, yeah. When, it, when it falls on the weekend, then you're into all sorts of trouble because uh, people don't realise they've got to get their business done before Friday, even though the 30th is on the, on the Sunday. And it needs to example. be cleared funds. So it's yeah. not in the air, it's not paid, it's not transacted on online banking, it's cleared funds in their bank account. So yeah. it needs to be done well before. All right, so I'm sure, though, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about a lot of things related to June 30, but capital yep. gains tax in particular, yep. what should people be thinking about in relation to capital gains and whether or not they should be selling assets before the end of June? Yeah, and I guess this, again, is is, is about raising this, this line of thinking given the time of year that we're in and, and making the most of opportunities and just, again making informed decisions in relation to maximising your total outcome. So if you've got assets that you're thinking about selling, some things you need to keep in mind is, the, and, and we had Reese Keepers on the on the show you know, a couple of months back talking about the mechanics of capital gains. And for those that missed it, capital gains is effectively just another income tax. And it's worked out by taking what you paid for something against what you sold it for if you've held it for more than 12 months, you can get a tax deduction of 50%. And then whatever's left gets added to your other personal earnings. So if I've got Commonwealth Bank shares, let's just make something up. I've got Commonwealth Bank shares, they're trading at $100. Let's say I bought them for $50. Yep. And if I bought $50,000 worth of shares, I sold $100,000 worth of shares now because the price has gone up. I've made a $50,000 gross gain. Yes. 
if I've owned those shares for more than 12 months, I get a 50% discount that says I've got $25,000 of assessable income that gets added to wages and anything else that you have that is taxable. Yes. So coming into 30 June, it's worth thinking about, have I got any losses that I could use from previous investments? Yes. Because they can be carried forward indefinitely. Have I owned the asset for more than 12 months? Do I want to liquidate it in this year where I may have a higher income or could I think about doing it next year when I retire in a lower income environment to reduce the impact of what could be received? Knowing what entity you're going to sell it in can also be worth thinking about. So if you have assets in your own name, you have assets in a super fund and let's say you were thinking about moving to a pension later this year, Think about selling the asset in pension phase because that's exempt from capital gains tax and can help increase the total rate of return on your investment. So think about the entity with which the asset is held because selling it at the right time could actually be far more advantageous than at other times. So they're all things that people should consider around the assets that they hold and their broader capital gains tax position. But just keep in mind that it is effectively income that is added to your wages and, and other adjusted taxable income to work out how much you pay. It's, it's it's not a separate tax. It's not a different rate. It just gets added to your otherwise adjusted taxable income. Which makes it a little bit more complicated because it might bump you from one tax bracket to another tax bracket. So yeah, exactly. that confuses your calculations a little bit. And that's why I guess I want people thinking about, well, do I have some losses? Because if you've got losses, let's say I had in that example, I had $50,000 of of gain yes. and I had $10,000 of losses because I bought some CBA shares right before COVID. Mm-hmm. And then they um, went down. And, and they went yep. down and let's say I sold them and I had a loss, I could use that loss yep. to try and reduce that $50,000 of gain. So you, you need to be thinking in advance with this and being across your broader yep. position and engaging with you know, your trusted tax advisor to get the best outcome possible. Yeah. And, of course, you're talking there about a loss that you've already incurred and you said before that losses can be carried forward indefinitely. So you might have made a loss three or four years ago and that's still on the books and that might mean you can balance that against your capital gain this year. Correct. But... What about the situation where you've made a capital gain earlier in the year, you know about that, and you're thinking, gee, it's almost tax time. Is there something I can sell at a loss to reduce my liability? There you go. And that's why thinking about it at this time of year is very, very important because mm. the the tax impact of your transaction is held to the year in which it's done. Yeah. So if you're going to sell something in that example and you made a gain earlier in the year or house prices have gone bananas and you've sold a place and you've you've made a gain that's a lot bigger than you realised, thinking about how you can manage your capital gains tax implications is important. Do I have losses? Can I sell something between now and 30 June and offset the gain that I've already achieved this year? Could I take some of those proceeds and put money into super to reduce my taxable income to help negate the pressure of that capital gain on other income? So... There are a number of ways that you can be proactive about it, and that's why we're sort of throwing it up today just to get people thinking because if you do need to facilitate transactions, you don't want to be doing them on the 28th of June, hoping yeah. they get finished in time. So if you've been sitting on one of those, I don't know, uh, dodgy, um, penny dreadful uh, blue sky mining shares that you bought 15 years ago, hoping they were going to strike gold, only they never did, and you've got an accumulated loss there of 
you know, several thousands of dollars, yep. you, th- you ask yourself the question, is this share ever going to come good again or am I just wasting my time holding on to it? Or think about it a third way. If I sold it and then bought it back, mm-hmm. you can still hold it going forwards. Yeah. You've realised the loss through the sale. Yes. If you happen to buy it back... The next day. The <laughs> next day, let's just say, then you can still benefit from a recovery. Yeah. Bitcoin's a great example, right? Comes down, sell it, goes up, up, down, up, down. Yeah. You bought it at 70, it goes to 50. Mm. If you sold and bought back... You've just created a loss that you can carry forward. Then you can buy it back. And you still hold the same amount of Bitcoin. So again, from a capital gains tax perspective, Mm. we don't just want to think about this in the finalisation of an asset. We want to think about it proactively if we see adverse movements in holdings that we have in our portfolios, even if we like the stock. I might be pro, you know, something that's come under pressure. But if we can sell it and buy it back and lock that loss in, for future use, I still think that's very, very advantageous and a really good way to be proactive about managing our broader tax position over some time where we may have a number of years prior to reaching a pension, for example, where capital gains can be negated. So think about the journey and, and you know, look at your portfolio at the moment. Have I got a couple that have been good? Have I got some that have been smashed by COVID? You know, um, let's make one up. Sydney airports. Let's say you bought Sydney airports at $9 before COVID. At five or six dollars today, you might still be very happy with Sydney airports as a longer term position. But selling it and buying it back this year, locking in that three or four dollars of loss per share, and then buying back a parcel that you can hold in the future, great. We still like it. We've been proactive. We've taken advantage of an otherwise negative environment. Yeah. And we can make that a positive down the road. So don't just think about it in the finalization of an asset forever. Think about it in relation to the value of your portfolio and the position, the tax position that you're maintaining with all of your individual holdings within it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to to think about deliberately creating that loss-making situation. And obviously, most of the time, making a loss is a bad thing. Mm. So if it's inevitable that you're going to make a loss, then Mm. you need to think about how can I turn this around to be an advantage. Spot on. And that's where, again, be proactive about it. It's, It's And a lot of people hear the word, oh, it's a loss. Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. Well, not if you buy it back. You need to you need to have a more holistic view of of how you're managing your broader positions because we're not saying sell it and get rid of it. If you want to sell and get rid of it because you don't like the house because you don't need it anymore, that's great. But from an investment perspective, and this is one of the things about having slightly more liquid assets, you don't generally do that with a property because it's a little bit difficult. But you can do that with some BHP shares. You can do that with some Sydney Airport shares. You can do it with any sort of share, and just be across what you're doing. Um, and also then think about, well, have I used, as an example, with the CBA before, if we've got $50,000 of gain, if I can use my carried forward concessional cap and put thirty dollars or $40,000 into super this year because I haven't in previous years, another great way to try and offset some capital gain. Right. So think about what you're doing in relation to the assets that you hold and then the liquidity that it would provide through the sale of an asset could be used for a super contribution that may help you reduce your personal tax position where you have that example of a $50,000 gain with with Commonwealth Bank shares. If you threw $40,000 into superannuation with those proceeds, you've now reduced your broader tax position significantly. And that's why each week we talk about these 
sort of strategies in isolation, but as we start to group them together and then create liquidity through a pension or create liquidity through the sale of an asset, what can I do to mitigate my tax? Sell it, buy it back, make a deductible contribution to super, use the carried forward concessional rules. So that's the space that you haven't used between your employer contributions and the $25,000 limit. You can carry that forward from 2019 and that may allow you to put $50,000 into superannuation this year, which could actually remove the capital gain altogether on the sale of a personal asset and increase the value of a super fund that you could draw a pension from. So we need to be looking at this holistically with a pretty wide lens to make the most of, of, of what you're doing and, and how you build your wealth over time. Okay. Now, capital capital gains tax, you know, it sounds very complicated, but it is actually pretty simple when you break it down. It's just yeah. additional income that gets taxed yeah. at your normal Correct. income tax rate. Correct. What about the superannuation rules? Have there been any changes there that are going to complicate our decision-making process um, when it comes to deciding whether to hold or to sell? Not really because the blanket tax rate inside superannuation is 15% hold something for more than 12 months, you get a, a discount, so you'll pay 10%, um, and inside a pension, you pay nothing. So from a super perspective, I'd be thinking about what time frame am I going to deal with between me being where I am today and when could I start a pension? If that's a significant period of time, then I'd be looking to sell and buy back stuff inside the super fund to help negate losses in the future. If you're very close to pension age, I'd be thinking about holding off the sale of assets until you've started your pension where you then can avoid paying capital gains tax in an account-based pension because it's a tax-free structure. Yeah. So think about those two sides of the equation in a similar way that you would in your own name because it, each structure has its own tax position um, and you need to be mindful of what you're doing and the age that you're at and the, the, the ability to get access to those relevant things. If you're 45, you may not want to hold an asset till you're 60 just to sell it and make it capital gains tax-free. Be more proactive about your gains and losses, your deductions, and, and try and help mitigate income tax in your own name along the way. I've just... Um had a terrible thought about capital gains tax that I've never really understood what the answer to this one is, and I'm not sure if it's relevant to our discussion today, but I own a house. Mm -hmm. I get a job opportunity elsewhere, so mm -hmm. I rent my house out. Mm -hmm. I move away for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I'm renting my house out to some stranger. Now, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I'm a landlord. That's an investment property now. Mm -hmm. That's eventually going to cost me capital gains tax, isn't it, if I turn around to sell it? But what happens if eventually I go back, kick the tenant out, and live in it again? So this is where you get a good tax advisor involved. <laughs> but two things I'd say there. One, there's a general exemption where if you have your primary home, rent it out for up to six years. If you go back inside that six-year period, my understanding is you can sell that asset free from capital gains tax, provided it's your primary home and you're back there inside six years. Okay. Option number one. Option number two, you speak to your accountant about then proportioning the time that you've owned the asset and the change in value where it was an investment property yes. against it being your primary residence. So in yes. that example, I'd be saying to people, hey, I moved out at this date, I got a valuation done. Mm. I didn't live in it for 10 years, and when I moved back into it, I got a valuation done. So that you've got a way to prove over different time frames where your accountant wants that sort of information. Okay, what was it worth when you moved out? What was it worth when you moved back? Mm -hmm. And what was it worth when I sold it six years later? 
You want to be able to apportion the bits that are exempt against the bits that are taxable because it will be a changing asset over the duration of its ownership and most accountants are going to want that sort of proof and I know the ATO is going to want their slice of the pie. Um, So, you know, again, being proactive and understanding your cost bases and having that proof at the time is a lot easier than trying to get a retrospective valuation from 13 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so that could be a bit tricky. It's exactly so. It's 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 always about having good paperwork and being able to substantiate what you do. But you know, there are two examples where yeah. the one asset can have different treatment depending on what you do with it. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is going to uh, wrap up his good advice on capital gains tax and what to do about it before the 30th of June. What's our key strategy tips, Luke? Yeah. So again, as we said before the ad break, use losses to offset gains where you can. Um, be proactive about that and we're not saying just throw the baby out with the bathwater if you like something and there is a loss position there sell it and buy it back you're well within your rights to do that don't generally sell it and buy it back on the same day or if you're <laughs> going to buy it back maybe buy it back yes. in another structure yes um, yes G- give it another day just to yeah, be on the safe exactly. side exactly um, going forwards with capital gains think about the entity you want to buy something in so if you want to hold your high growth assets within super that may be advantageous because they may be more tax effective in a pension, as we mentioned. Think about whether you buy something in joint names. Don't just think about the tax journey. Think about the sale at the end. So a lot of people get caught holding an investment property 90%, 10% between, say, a couple. Um, but think about where you can allocate capital gains at the end of the journey, not just for the income deductions along the way. Um, sell assets in lower income years. So if you're going to move into pension, say in July, think about selling assets when you're not adding it to a wage of 150 grand because that'll provide you with a lower total income position and potentially lower your tax. Use deductible contributions to help offset capital gains in the year that things are sold. Look at the carried forward legislation and make the most of that to try and increase your deductions. And it might be that you don't make a deduction to super this year knowing full well that you're going to sell a taxable asset next year. If you can save up your ammunition and use it in the year of sale, you may have a better, broader tax position. And again, get some professional advice because I find people get caught not knowing about things they could take advantage of for fear of paying someone for their time, only to find out that they could have saved a lot more on the tax than the bill would have been to have a chat. So don't don't be silly about it. Get some advice because you're generally selling significant assets at times that are most important to you and you want to have as much choice and control and flexibility over things as possible. Absolutely, and there's nothing worse than being in a position where you absolutely have to sell even if you don't want to because you need the cash or whatever the situation might be and you're looking at the price and going, oh dear, I'm going to take a terrible loss and you've left yourself with no option. That's not a good feeling. No, and again, that's just about you know raising the awareness of this now and, and, and making sure that people think about it and, and consider their options well in advance so you can make informed decisions yeah. and you're not getting the 28th of June and your accountant says, wow, I need a tax deduction, do something now. You should be having those conversations or have already had those conversations and now just executing in a, in a controlled manner. Well, if you're in desperate need of a tax deduction, I guess that implies that you've done well this year. So it's yeah. not all bad, is it? <laughs> and look, and, and this one sort of kills me because people come in and go, if I sell that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a tax bill. Well, you could have a loss. Yeah, yeah. So don't complain about making money. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? It's it's, exactly. it's, a, it's a double-edged sword there. It is indeed. Where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so 6260-4749. Um, I think we've got some spots left in January, so give us a ring. Um, envisionfinancial.com.au. 
We've got the, the Knowledge Centre there where you can go on and, and, and have a read of some stuff if you're that way inclined. We've got some videos and some animations. Uh, we've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And we've got the YouTube channel. So if you've subscribed to Envision Financial Canberra, you can uh, have all of the radio information there on the in, iPhone. In, in and glorious colour. Watch it on the couch and uh, you don't have to read anything. So I'm fine. That's That's been a big hit lately. So there's a few options there for people. Fantastic stuff. Luke Smith, thanks very much. Have a nice weekend. We will catch you again next Friday at the usual time. Yes, we will.